You're listening to episode 61 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In this week's episode, we bring you part three of our time management tendency series. So we're going to be talking about people pleasers and second guessers and how that mindset can sometimes get in the way of your caregiving journey and actually how to approach it in a more effective way. So stay tuned as we jump into part three of our time management tendencies series. Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Welcome back. It's Melissa Burton here with Robin Arab for part three of our time management series. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the tendencies of second guessers and analysis paralysis. So Robin, kick us off and tell us a little bit more about these two individuals. Well, I think the first thing that pops into our mind when we think about these two people is um, they're the people pleasers. They're the ones that want everybody to say they've done a great job. Let's talk about the analysis paralysis. This is the person, I've got a girlfriend like this, that they research everything. You know, how often do they say, stay off the internet? Well, these people are on the internet all the time. They may read all the reviews and it could be just buying an appliance or a new carpet or car, whatever it is. They're looking, they want to know the best care. So now your loved one's been diagnosed and now we're going to look and we're going to look and it just gets deeper and you get into that web of this one said this and this one said that. And then you've got your side effects and they just get all wound up and they want to make sure that they're making the best decisions where then that's where the paralysis comes in. They actually can't make a decision because they have so much information and it's usually somewhat conflicting. I mean, there's some that will go together, but right. Cause there's never one perfect answer, right? right. One obvious right. answer. It's right. just a choice. Right. So And then they're the ones that we talk about, the second guessers. Then they start, okay, now they've done their analysis on the computer. Now they're going to go out and start polling everybody in the world. (laughs) Right. Or they've made the the decision and now they are second guessing their decision. Right. So they're living in the past and they're beating themselves up over whether or not that was the best decision. They can't move on from those decisions. Right. Or they, um, they they want to know they've made the best decision. And the only way for them to accept that is to get that reinforcement from somebody else. Whether yes. it be information on the internet, your doctor, your friends. Your loved that, one. Right. Whoever that you are out there looking for. And I think... Some of those tendencies for these folks are they do have the insecurity of needing to be, not necessarily needing to be right, but needing to have, 
people happy with their decision. And it happened. They want to make everybody happy. And I think that's where the biggest struggle is, is especially in caregiving. At the end of the day, you can't make everybody happy. So you really have to be okay with that sense of rejection and disappointment from certain people when you make a decision that is going to negatively impact one person over another. Well, and I think that these are also folks that don't trust. Mm. These are the folks that maybe don't trust what the doctor says or what the care manager is telling you, or even your loved one. You know, your loved one might be telling you something and you don't trust that until you can go and check it out, get other opinions. So it is letting go sometimes that, you know, I'm not saying that doctors know everything, but if your doctor has been with your loved one for a long time and they are aware of their care and what's going on, at some point you've got to say, okay, I agree with this. Now, that now I don't want that to contradict when we talk to you about advocacy because there are times that in your gut you know your loved one better and you know that that care is not right. But there are times that you do have to trust and reach out to others to help you on your care team. You know, it's Robin, you said that trust is an issue. It's interesting because I agree with you. I think trust is an issue, not just for the people out there, but trust in themselves. Yes. I think that that's where they don't trust their own intuition and their own gut saying, okay, at this point, I can question the doctor. I've been trusting the doctor up till now, but something doesn't feel right. Now I I can... I can see that maybe, like, for example, the primary care doctor has been doing an amazing job with mom up till now, but I think that now we may need to get a specialist involved for, you know, the dementia. We may need to go see a neurologist, but you don't trust yourself and you're starting to not trust the provider. And then you get all the information, but because you don't trust yourself to make a decision, you're paralyzed because there is no clear decisive answer and everybody's giving you their own opinions that are in a spectrum of information and you don't trust yourself to pick from that spectrum, you're paralyzed. So it's the people pleasing, wanting to make everybody happy. It's the, the self-doubt. It's the, you're just stuck in this world. So what about, you know, I think this just popped into my head, the people that I don't want to do that because I don't want to get blamed for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think yeah. that falls into this category as oh, well? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, as we've gone through the different episodes with all the different characteristics of people, I find that there's a little bit of all of us in all of these, right? And so um, we may tend to really identify with one more than the other, but the people pleasing and not wanting people to be upset is, is also something that I think we've had in previous episode that not wanting to be the bad guy, not wanting to upset people and be sit with their discomfort or having that healthy confrontation. That is, yes, absolutely. You may be sitting there thinking, oh, I don't quite think that the doctor really understands this but I really don't want to ruffle his feathers by saying, is it time for mom to go see a neurologist? Oh, I don't trust myself. I'm more insecure with myself. And, and I, I'd rather people like me than really push through that discomfort. So maybe it's about sometimes 
the insecurity of discomfort and, and having to be, and you, man, you have to be comfortable with discomfort as an advocate in caregiving. Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up because it also popped into my head how many times people won't get a second opinion because they don't want to offend the doctor or have a bad relationship. And let's just clear that up and say that I'm, I'm going with 95% of the doctors are not offended by that. They want you to do that. They want you to check and see. Recently, I had a friend that had a broken wrist and went to the second opinion and his doctor was so pleased that he asked for a second opinion because it does, it takes a little bit of pressure off them as well. Mm-hmm. And, and it does help you make better decisions. So please ask for those things and please say what you're thinking. And you know what? All I can say is no. And I don't see that happening. Yeah. Or in any situation. You know, the irony, Robin, I was thinking about this is the, the second opinion. Those always annoy me because one, there's more time involved, more information involved. And here's the thing. If, if doctor number one presents me with information and either he's right or he's wrong, if I go with it, he's either right or he's wrong. It's on him. If three doctors provide me with information and I have to choose, now I'm right or wrong, not them. So it changes, it shifts. One, you're better informed so you can make a better decision. But at the same time, that puts more on you that the decision then is your responsibility and you can't really pass the the blame back. Now, can the doctor still be wrong? Absolutely. Can they still make mistakes? But in this like circular mind and these weird mental gymnastics that we play, this is part of what tangles us up as we're we're coping. And I think that it happens, perfectionism is happening with time management in all of the scenarios that we've described in this three-part series, that we're all struggling with perfectionism. These, pe- these uh, second-guessers and analysis paralysis want everything to be perfect. And in a perfect world, everybody would be happy and everything would work out just fine. In a caregiving world, you're lucky to have your care, the person you're loving and caring for be happy 25% of their day, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the honest truth is that they're, they're declining and they're dying and they're on that journey. And it's a painful journey and you really can't, you can help be there. You can be present. You can make it a little easier, but you can't take away that pain of that journey. So you're, th- there's no perfect in that world, especially doesn't exist in the world of caregiving. And it's, we, we all need to ease up on this idea that somehow being human is perfect. It is, is capable of perfect. So taking that theory and going back through the three groups. So in in the dilly-dally or in the procrastination person, in their mind, how do they receive perceive that they will get perfectionism? I think that that if with time that they can keep um perfecting whatever it is they're working on. That's why like the procrastinator needs a deadline because if they didn't have a deadline, they may still want to make it a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. A dilly dallier's ideas 
oh, this idea is a great idea. Oh no, this idea, this idea is an even better idea. And then they, they like little, literally kind of float from one idea to the next because each idea that they're working on is a perfect idea. And so they never finish anything because the I, the ideas are perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And then the structure, like, ob- I mean, I think the second one, the bossy McBossy and the, the list makers, I think that's obvious that they have, they have a perfect concept of the way they want it to be. And so they're trying to execute on that perfect concept. But again, that's what they think is going to happen. It's not going to happen. So they think that if they make their list and they tell everybody what to do, then it will be a perfect journey. Right. That's their perception. Okay. Right. So then what about the analysis paralysis and the second guessers? What makes their journey perfect in their minds? They're thinking that they need to get to the perfect solution, but they're having a hard time finding that perfect solution. That's why they're stuck. So if I came up to a second guesser and said, that was a really good job, you made a good choice, that would be their perception of perfection. I think that would help. I would think that would help keep them going. But perfection is that we're not on this journey. Isn't that the irony in all of it? Is that we all want to rewind and go back to an idea in our mind that never exists because no matter how much we love our parents or whoever we're caring for, even if we go back to that nostalgic time, oh, I wish we could just go back there. I guarantee that back there wasn't perfect either. (laughs) Right, right. Time erases a lot of that. Right. So I think, you know, as a whole with this whole series of time management, maybe we should have named it and here now I'm becoming you. Maybe we should have named it. Time management does not equal perfection. Yes. But time management does make the journey easier. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Robin, it's funny. And I don't mean to be sacrilegious to anybody out there, but I often think to anybody who's familiar with the Bible, I often think um, in the beginning, God created the world, right? And then when he was finished, he declared it was good, right? He didn't declare it was perfect. Perfect is a man-made construct. Look around at nature all around us and tell me, I mean, how much we go out into landscape and we're trying to make God's nature perfect, right? Like there was, I was talking with a client once about this. And I was looking out my office window and there was this tree and one of the limbs. So the tree was this beautiful green right in the middle of summer. And one of the limbs had broken off and died. And so it was just hanging there half dead. And I'm like, that is God's creation, right? That is our world around us. It is not perfect. Perfect is what humans have created, not what is natural. Perfect is not natural. And I think if we can really grasp that and realize our striving for perfection is our striving for control in a world that is not perfect, it may help us let go just a little bit. Well, and to segue with um, that and and your biblical explanation is the way that we live in this imperfect world is through forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and and as Christians believe that's forgiveness from God and Christ, but we also need to forgive ourselves mm-hmm. when our, we're on our journey and forgive each other. 
So if somebody didn't follow my list or somebody didn't get something done, it is forgiveness and it, it is back to that communication and working together and trusting each other yeah. to make the journey the best it can be. It's not going to be perfect. And there's going to be a lot of would have, could have, should have moments in our lives, but we can work together to make it the best thing we can do. Yep. I love that. So we're forgiving ourselves for not being perfect. We're forgiving this journey, this natural journey in life for not being perfect. We're forgiving our team for not being perfect. And once we are able to get through that, we can show up and make a really amazing journey come together with help and support. And it will make things easier, not perfect for our loved one. But that if you go, if you function from that standpoint, the time management is going to be so much easier because we're going to get out of our own way. Absolutely. All right, friends, I hope that you have enjoyed this three-part series. Robin and I understand that time management is huge in caregiving, and we will continue to impart tips along the way. Check us out on DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook page, and stay tuned for all of the exciting new courses and tools that we have coming your way. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey, and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.